And this is why I think it's so interesting in relationships because we've talked, you and I, a bunch of times about pattern. Mm -hmm. I think this Lots. can be a huge explanation of drawing up on the board why we have the fights we have. Sure. What is our pattern? Folks, welcome to Counselors Can Help. Let's demystify the process of counseling. We want to remove barriers, answer your questions, educate, entertain, and inspire you to action. So yeah, so cool. I've, I've started a, um, a thing that is so not therapist. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'm going to do things in that, in that show that are going to shock some people. Really? Honestly. Yeah. Tell me, what are you doing? Um, not about the shocking people. We'll save the surprise. But are <laughs> you like different movies, different things? Um, well, there'll be some of that, but it's just, and honestly, I don't know why I'm doing this, if, they, if we're being truthful. Um, but it's something that I guess what I'm just, that mean? I'm just, well, I, we what's, what's the point? Why? It's like, oh, okay. okay, make some funny videos on YouTube. It's like, what, what are we doing? You know, uh, why? I think that's YouTube. Um, it's the point of YouTube. Uh, <laughs> some video, funny videos of people doing random things right. and magic gets caught yeah. every once in a while. Well, why am I spending time on this? Uh, whatever. So there's a lot of reasons, but yeah, I'm, I'm working on a project that is going to, I guess, illustrate or highlight to people what fighter pilots go through and whatever really? and a lot of that what we're going to do is, is in storytelling that's fun like real stories things that have happened like take a subject matter and then and then just talk about stories and you know tell stories about that thing like the one we're going to do the first one that we're going to do is about g-forces of you know okay. in the movie they address the g's and so we're going to basically tell stories about, about that and, and i love that and so people can uh, it's a little different, I think, take than a lot of folks have with what's on now, currently YouTube, about Top Gun and whatever. Yeah. There's a lot of, oh my God, so-and-so reacts to the movie and so-and-so react. You got you to have reacts in the headline. Is I'm that learning. true? Is that how you get the, oh my the God. clicks? So really? I think there's, yeah, there's a lot of like word baiting and that kind really? of stuff. Really? To reacts. Oh. Which I'm not a fan of. So, uh We'll see. It's just something I've wanted, things I guess I wanted to experiment with. And Way cool. I don't, I don't know where it's going to wind up, honestly. Yeah. But yeah. Um, it's interesting. We're learning. So when as you we say go. we, do you have a friend doing it with you? I've got some guys this? locally that are yeah. going to help me with the storytelling yeah. and uh, that kind of thing. And so we're going to do our first recording on that actually in a few days. Oh, my so. word. I love I'm that. I'm going to have a green screen and, you know, the solar. Oh, you're doing, <laughs> okay. So you're doing whole studio set up. I mean, feel. we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I guess stay tuned. I love that. Um, I'm calling it Fighter Pilots Anonymous is our, <laughs> is our group. So. Is that how you began flying? Was mm -hmm. in the military? In the Air Force, yeah. Okay, in the Air Force. Okay. I don't think I knew that part. Yeah. So 20. of the planes that are on there, have you flown any of those? Mm -hmm. F-16. Well, not well. Top Gun's a Navy show, so I'm a, I was oh, Air Force. Oh, see, previous. listen how ignorant the questions are. <laughs> I actually knew that they do fly on and off of a boat. Okay, yes. I could have gone yeah. the Navy. I did know that they were Navy. The F-16, the Air Force main fighter plane, within the last up to about the last few years, and the Navy's Hornet, the F-18, which is in the Top Gun movie, are really similar in role and performance, and okay. you know they're. F they're not that different. I mean, there are some basic differences, but they're not that different. Okay. Yeah. So. And yeah. you did Air Force. For I was in the Air Force. Okay. Yeah. You're in the Air Force. I taught at the Air Force Weapons School, which is the Air Force Top Gun. I don't you know if you've 
I didn't. What's it called? Weapons School? Air Force Weapons School. Okay. U.S. Air Force Weapons School. Okay. Which is the Air Force Top Gun School. I am sitting with Maverick. <laughs> Actually, no, it would be the, the act. What's the teacher's name? Can't think. Oh, oh yeah, that would be. Um, the instructor's name. Right. Yeah, I f I'm drawing a blank as well. But Jester and, you know, some of these other guys that were teaching. Yeah. Yeah, it was. That's awesome. Where yeah. is it? It's in Nellis. It's in uh, Las Vegas. Okay. Las Vegas has a huge fighter right. presence because of the airspace yeah. they have down there. I would imagine there's lots of... Thunderbirds, red flags. Yeah. I mean, Nellis Air Force Base is a massively important Air yeah. Force yeah. installation. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, anyway. cool. That project ongoing. Uh, ongoing. So... No, no one cares about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, or they we do. do. Maybe they care more we about that do than this. Counselors can help about self-care yeah. and choosing hobbies outside of therapy. Right. Well, that's what I'm, uh, the idea is to take that that I'm learning in that and see if I can apply that to this story, I guess. And so that, that story's not finished yet. I don't know how I'll take what I learned from there and apply that to this realm, I guess. Yeah. So I love that. I think you're so uniquely prepared that way of how to manage self in critical moments by being a pilot. You were using coping skills long before you knew you were using coping <laughs> skills. I would probably think flying yeah. F-16s. Yeah. 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 I can think of a few moments <laughs> where I probably did. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's awesome. So there's that. Oh, the other bit of news, I guess, is I just logged on this morning to find out that my license came through like <gasps> today. Oh, why don't I have a soundtrack? <laughs> dun, dun, That's dun. so amazing. Oh. You can add your soundtrack later of applause of right. millions. And what the, there's a funny story actually behind the bureaucratic mess that happened when it took a while. It took longer than it probably should have. But Really? We got there. Okay. Uh, I guess <laughs> I'll get that one off mic. Ah, uh, sure. Like that. Yes. Yeah, like absolutely. That. Oh, so. I'm so happy for you. Anyway, Congrats. that's all done. So it's a matter of... Um, I guess going forward with that now that I'd kind of put a mental block on even thinking about that, you know, up yeah. until this point. So yeah. that's good. We're, we're both. Now you are listening to fully licensed <laughs> at least. <laughs> we're both highly credentialed <laughs> and way smarter than we were just hours just and weeks ago. Barely. That's <laughs> yeah. Just a small bump up. Right. So I guess today my theory or idea was to talk about, it sounds kind of like, oh my gosh, maybe it's a little overdramatic, but attachment theory, <laughs> which I've been using a lot lately, and I really want to hear your yeah. take on it. How, what, what how so? How is it. it coming up in session for you? Well, I'm, I'm actually targeting it quite, I'm being almost everybody that comes in now, I want to get their take on where they are on there, especially if we're dealing with relationship things, because this is, it's a relationship idea, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Attachment theory, mm -hmm. how you attach or react to other people. Sure. So yeah. it's not necessarily an anxiety or depression or whatever thing, but it's mm -hmm. definitely built into why are these relationships going wrong or mm -hmm. what's happening at home? Why can't me and the wife seem to agree mm -hmm. on, you know, whatever. So mm -hmm. I, when somebody starts talking relationship stuff, I immediately call a timeout and go, let's talk attachment theory. And talk, and talk about, uh, do they identify their style? Like yes. you try to help them identify their style. That's, yes. that's where I start. Yeah. And so well. the, the, where, what's your style? So the folks haven't, pr most people listening probably haven't heard of attachment theory. Um, so 
without a, a board, which is easier, you've got some pieces of paper here. There's essentially yeah. four quadrants. The theory goes that everyone is on that graph somewhere, right? There are four piles of people that have types of attachment theories. They're probably even broken down a little smaller than they are, but four big ones. Four big ones, and the words vary. That's why I have yeah. two, because I, I didn't know which language you use versus I use. Right, depending on where you look, these names will be changed slightly. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, so what do you use so, once, or maybe help people identify? Yeah, so what, what I say to a client is I draw up on the board these four quadrants, and I say there's these four, and I'm going to tell you what these are, and I start out with secure, which we all... I guess it's probably the least defined, I think, out of all those. We, we think we all want to be in secure attachment, and that means we're a little less anxious, we're a little less avoidance. We're able to, I think, take on problems fairly quickly and easily inside of relationships. We don't tend to overreact or get too elevated. And that's a basic description. I call it your roll out of bed setting. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people are just that way. Mm -hmm. They tend to things not bother them as much and they're easy to work with in general. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean they're good at relationship stuff, but they're internally, their emotion when problems come up probably isn't so reactive. Mm -hmm. And I try to think of, especially when kind of setting the stage in therapy of the vocabulary I'm going to use. And we've talked about it a lot in here about good, bad, mm -hmm. not being words I like to use, but more healthy and un. And I put secure attachment on the same spectrum, that it's a healthy attachment, that, that is kind of that secure is that yeah. uh, baseline of the world is an okay place and sure. people are not out to get me at all times and in all seasons. Yeah, I think the, the attitude you bring in with, with secure attachment just makes things a little bit easier mm -hmm. to get through hard stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's wonderful. Some people have that basic setting, that roll out of bed setting, and that's great for them. Mm -hmm. Not everybody mm -hmm. falls into that category. Mm, no. So the next would be anxious, what I call anxious attachment. There may be other words mm -hmm. for it. And that is the idea of... My anxiety is growing higher and higher in this relationship or any relationship. And I worry about things like being abandoned, being left, being accused of things. I'm constantly worried about will this relationship stay? I'm worried about many relationships. There's a huge amount of anxiety about relationships. And I tend to want to communicate a lot. I'm a you know, 30, 40 time a day texter you know, mm -hmm. in, in its extreme you mm -hmm. know, with your spouse, say, um, I want to resolve things right now when things bug me. I want to have it. Let's, you know, let's do it right now. Let's figure it out now. Um, this is a, these are all anxious attachment, I would say, traits. Mm -hmm. Seeking reassurance is kind Seeking of how reassurance. I often, yes. often, and um, what is the word I'm thinking of? Not just often, but um, dramatically like intensely. Okay. Yeah. There's a, there's a need Intensity. for reassurance. Mm -hmm. There's an unknown, a very a much of a low confidence in this. Will this relationship survive or, you know, uh, mm -hmm. whatever. So it mm -hmm. doesn't mean that there's necessarily truth behind all that stuff, but there's a, a definite, a roll out of bed setting of, I'm always scared that something's going to go wrong or happen to me in this relationship. Mm -hmm. So the next I go to is what I call avoidant. Mm -hmm. Um, again, there can be other words for it, but it's, and it's just like it sounds to me, the avoidant is, I tend to 
not want to get that close. I tend to not want to get to the heart of the issue right away. Mm -hmm. I tend to want to stay away from controversial topics. When someone says there's something wrong, I tend to want to not deal with that thing mm -hmm. you know, right now because the main reason the, the, there's fear behind this avoidant thing and the fear is I will be blamed, I will be told I'm doing it wrong mm -hmm. or you know, someone is going to put me in a bad spot. I just don't like any of that, so I'm going to try to just keep my distance from all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with avoidant attachment, I describe it as a lot of times people will get in their logical brain. Sure. Very... Uh, you're being irrational and just to almost to keep the, uh, an air of superiority of uh, it's unreasonable for me to engage with you. Yeah. That can't be anything about me. It's about how you're being overly dramatic yes. about something. There can be a, like you said, I think that's a perfect explanation, a logical air about why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And your, your reaction is illogical. Mm -hmm. And it's protective. Yeah. Avoidant attachment is all are, you know, protective. Either in the secure attachment, I believe it's going to be okay, right? In the anxious attachment, this is how I make it okay. In the avoidant attachment, uh, you're being irrational, and that's why it's not okay, <laughs> right? <laughs> so there's really an explanation for each of those. Of yeah. And it tends to, I guess, again, throw out traits that the person has, and this mm -hmm. is generally how they deal with mm -hmm. things. And this yeah. is why I think it's so interesting in, in relationships because we've talked, you and I, a bunch of times about pattern. Mm -hmm. I think this Lots. can be a huge explanation of drawing up on the board why we have the fights we have, sure. what is our pattern. Mm -hmm. I tend to do this, you tend to do that. Yep. This so then when you do that, I do this, and yeah. around we go. And this can be, I think, a good explanation as to why the other person is doing what they're doing, I guess, is why I bring it into relationship stuff. And so the fourth area, um, again, many names, I call it disorganized attachment. Mm -hmm. uh, there are other words, I'm sure. I think it's basically a combination of the two, anxious and mm -hmm. avoidant. It mm -hmm. just depends on the moment, depends on the person, the situation. Mm -hmm. But you're never really in the same place all the time there is a back and forth between very heavy anxiety and very heavy avoidance mm -hmm. in these situations yeah yeah there's a um inconsistencies with a disorganized attachment of kind of pinging between both banks i say of yeah. the anxiousness and um the fearful and avoidant and very anxious and so the person that's dealing with this person is confused many times mm -hmm. what they're going to get, mm -hmm. the kind of reaction they're going to, how to approach the person is very situation dependent and not necessarily known to the person that they're dealing with. They're dealing with. And I might add, I would like to add, so is the person who is disorganized, the uh, disorganized attach E. They are confused. They feel volatile. Gotcha. Or they can label that. Once it's once it, they've been given the vocabulary, oh, that's what's happening. I feel disorganized. They can kind of see that that's happening for them. Yeah. And I think that this disorganized attachment, the high anxiety and high avoidance, 
I think is a place of a lot of like research and intensity and opinion about what's going on there, what, what is the typical pattern, mm -hmm. if we can find a pattern, mm -hmm. which is difficult. And I think on many cases, the pattern, if you will, is the person on some level fundamentally believes that the relationship will not last. Right. And it's just a matter of how it ends, who gets the blame, or maybe they'll find some way to save this relationship. But I think there's a very deep-seated belief that either they or the relationship itself is always flawed. Mm -hmm. It's a very low-confident mm -hmm. place to be, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Would you, anything mm -hmm. you would add to that? No, I think, and again, as we describe that on a podcast, it can feel very like if x then y equals z and it's much it's complex sure this is attachment style is just a space of getting to know oh what happens for me and it just i just think it helps understanding and helps clients get to a place of reflecting behavior rather than this is exactly how i am all the time that we're complex and I think in describing it, I want to just say these are attachment styles and you might recognize yourself in several of them. And they're not to be used as a weapon against the other person. It's like, yeah. oh, see, I'm secure and you're not. So therefore, yeah. these must all be your, you're, you're the problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of so when I meet with a client for the very first time, we I do try, that's interesting that you do that too, we'll identify um, sometimes, and mostly when I'm working with couples, but not as much in an individual, I actually really like that idea. But the first thing we talk about is, can we get to a state of curiosity when we're in here? You might not be that way out there all the time, but when we're in therapy, can we be curious about behaviors and things going well and not well? And when you can do that, then you can take a concept like attachment theory and not have it feel like I have to fit in this exact box, but just what feels recognizable about how do I react to my person? Oh, well, Meryl's saying that that happens for quite about a lot of people. Interesting. Let's learn more about that avoidant attachment. I tend to do that instead of it being this, well, he says in this and this is how I am. But if we can start from this place of like all of this is to help us help us in conflict, help us change behavior, help us do better in a situation, looking at it that way, then we can take a concept like attachment style and go, how do I, how does that fit for me? How is this helpful? Yeah. And the cool thing is when I explain these four concepts, generally, so people understand it, I'll ask the person, where do you think you are? Yeah. And most times they're pretty darn accurate. Yeah. You know, they can point to the graph and go, oh, I think I'm there. And I'll just kind of draw a big circle, you know, whatever. It's somewhere in there, right? Yeah. And we, there's a little test that I have uh, on the web. It takes like 10 minutes to basically I yeah. make a bunch of statements and they answer or whatever. And then the thing shows them where they are. And I'd say 90% of the time it's pretty darn close they're to where, pretty they, close. where they thought awesome. where they were. So what's the therefore what? So the therefore becomes, so I'll give you a specific example. So the one I think I deal with the most, that was the most common, uh, the most obvious is if you have a person who is an anxious mm -hmm. and a person who is avoidant mm -hmm. in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And I would say to them, this is going to be the source of almost all your fighting. Mm. Yeah. Because you're going to deal with things in a very different way and you must, if you can see how the other person's coming at it, 
you may be able to stop a lot of negative engagement. You may be able to stop a lot of these things or slow them way down because instead of looking at and pointing at the other person saying, why are they doing what they're doing? Mm -hmm. This doesn't make any sense. They're being illogical, whatever it is. Instead, it's, I think you can come at it with a idea of what do they need? Mm -hmm. what, what should I be doing to help yeah. them? And what do they need? Yeah. You know, what could they be doing to help, you know, the situation? And, and we teach each other, what are those maneuvers or things to do to help each other, help each other. keep this thing contained and not have it, we just go to the, like the two worst parts of ourselves mm -hmm. and drive, I guess, a huge wedge, you know, mm -hmm. between us. So, um, I had a couple, uh, an individual client and, um, the spouse wants to come in, you know, and talk about this uh, a situation, and and the one of them is giving a kind of a heavy dose of blame to the other as they sit down, you know, come in the room. I've never had that happen, Meryl, <laughs> in session. Tell me about that. Right, that was a joke. And and the blame was this person lied to me. He didn't do what he said he was gonna, he kind of played hooky, whatever, didn't tell me the story, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't understand why he didn't just tell me the, the thing. Mm -hmm. And so I, as, I, as I saw them react and I knew my client was probably pretty avoidant, I drew up this idea of like, okay, well, how will this interact in your, when you have conflict and the anxious person wants to resolve the thing now, wants to don't understand why you're not engaging with me. Why are you not answering my text messages? Um, to which the avoidant person sees text after text. And Shuts down. <laughs> and you goes. You are asking for a shutdown. <laughs> right. I can't deal with this. So <laughs> I'm going to say nothing, which tends to make the anxious person even more <laughs> anxious and <laughs> sending more texts and the text messages get more and more volatile <laughs> till there's this huge blow up. And the person who's avoiding is just trying to keep the whole thing from going anywhere when in fact it's not, it's only getting worse right. because they're not responding. Mm -hmm. They're not giving answers to a simple question. And by the way, the anxious person is trying to do the same, right? They're also looking for answers. Sure. There, there's two people playing that. Yeah. And they're, they're dance. where they both stand and going to those habits is making the situation worse sure. if they accentuate those habits of avoidance or anxiety. Sure. Mm -hmm. so That's then, what Sue Johnson uses as the pursuer and withdrawer. Yeah, it's the same kind of concept, but it's a different concept. way of looking at why it, I think it helps to go, okay, I'm generally the pursuer. Why? What, what is, what is my goals here? Where, where am I coming from? So the other person can see that in terms of, oh, well, they're anxious too. They just have a different anxiety than mm -hmm. I do my silence is seen to them as I'm leaving mm. or divorcing mm -hmm. <laughs> when yeah. really I just don't want to talk about this now. And I'd rather this went away. Yeah. I'd like there to be peace. I'd like to not do this. Yeah. So then it becomes, all right, well, if that's a situation we're in, well, how do we then come closer to each other as opposed to pull away from each other? And, and I guess my answer to that in this fairly straightforward idea of an anxious and an avoidant person is, well, the avoidant person has to learn to s respond with something. Mm -hmm. Even though internally you're like, oh gosh, I really don't want to engage in this. Maybe just say, oh, a simple text of, oh, I see you're upset or, you know, whatever. Can we talk about this when we get home or, mm -hmm. you know, engage in some way, even though they don't want to. Mm -hmm. 
hundred percent. And it's not going to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is there is a certain amount of uh, leaning in that has to occur on both sides. The anxious attached person needs to uh, have some psychological and um, physiological self-soothing coping of I will we will get there he she will respond I need to give them a minute how can I help me stay on this side of we are divorcing (laughs) on this side of we are you know going to that worst case end scenario how can I manage me also though they have to loan some trust that they're withdrawing partner their avoidant partner is going to be able to come back to it and that takes a lot that takes loaning sure you have to have some drops in the bucket of of i don't want to talk about it but i will and i'm going to be given the space yeah to come to it yeah it takes a lot of trust the actual how do we pull this off but i think it's a it's a helpful idea to Mm -hmm. just see it drawn up on a board this is how we go at it. This is how we will always go at it. We've got to do something about this pattern that mm-hmm. we have because it's right now it's, you played hooky, tomorrow it's going to be mm-hmm. whatever, where we're going on the trip or you name it. Um, yeah. Your ex-wife called and it's, you know, blah, 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 this I and that. I asked you to run this errand and you <laughs> said right. you did and you didn't and you're scared to tell me. Yeah. I see that almost daily. It's going to be a new version of that, just different facts thrown in there but we're going to do this sure and so why would we draw this up why would we figure out where we are because i think it can give you a big base of okay this is what i need to work on and when i see the other person doing what they do i can go okay that's what they do i understand what do they need they may need some reassurance or they may need some time to respond or you know whatever it's like how do we each get closer or move in and i think the visual of the attachment style and where we both sit tends to take out all the details of the fight and tends to focus on the how we fight which is ultimately what we've always wanted to get to that's what we want to get to and once you identify the pattern i will turn that pattern on to its side like a Um, infinity symbol i know it's hard to see what i'm doing with my hand right now on the podcast but you're turning it into an infinity symbol and then slicing the infinity symbol in half and there is something below these behaviors that are happening that is the actual need why am i doing those things what is my actual underlying need this might be what i'm showing anger frustration but i'm actually reaching for connection or I'm, I'm doing those things in this attempt for something else. And sometimes in relations with like a significant other, husband, wife, partner, that it's, it's, I find it more obvious when I can talk with people about it their, with their child. And in that sense, um, there's, you can really point out the pattern when I'm saying to my child, Buckle your sh- buckle your seatbelt and don't speed. I'm gonna be, you know, or you'll have the car taken away. What is the kid hearing? What did, what did they hear? 
A lot of bossiness. <laughs> bossiness <laughs> and my parents don't think I'm capable. Right. Right. They're, they think I'm dumb. They think I'm a bad driver. Whatever they leave with. What is the intentional message that the parent is sending? I love you. Stay safe. I love you. Please Stay don't safe. Please don't wreck the car. Be careful. Right? Much more loving. The, the primary is I want this person to hear that I care. <laughs> but what comes out? There's a whole lot of, I don't believe you can do this well. And we do that. We can see it sometimes if I describe it in that parent-child role. And then I'll take that and put it in the spouse role. What are you saying? And what are you hearing? And that's how we can kind of identify that. What are you actually wanting them to hear? What is the need? I want them to hear I love them. And it means when I know that they're running an errand on behalf of our family, I heard that we matter. That's what it meant by me stopping by the bank and making that deposit and getting the milk. I just thought you were nagging me, right? There's this, these underlying things that happen that if we can slow it way down, we can start to recognize that the patterns are just coming by way of trying to say a need and and meet a need and having an identification of these styles helps us go oh they say it this way because they're that's how they think they're going to get that need met oh he avoids it because he thinks he's not meeting my need and we can be a lot more flexible when yeah. we can understand that yeah i like long, that because long story but no, I think it's good. You're you're identifying where you're each coming from the styles and you're trying to sort of meet in the middle. Sure. Right. And the need is another tool of meeting in the middle, trying to figure out, okay, I've been doing it this way. Is that really getting me what I want? Yeah. I'm I want this thing. I want her to know that it's okay or whatever, but, but I tend to do that by just shutting the conversation down. Shutting it down. Is that really working? Given, given what I know about the person now, that they're anxious and they want some reassurance, maybe that tactic isn't really even working at all, right. which it hasn't been, probably. No, and oftentimes you'll have clients or couples explain that to you. Well, this is what I'm trying to do. And, of course, my sarcastic clinician comes out <laughs> of, how's that working? Right. How's it working for you? Right. It's not. So let's just reflect a little bit and see how it's not and how how to not do it that way. We're still going to think differently. We're still going to have different needs. But can we identify and kind of take a step back and go, oh, that's what we're after. Yeah. And it's a, I think what the attachment style does is it takes both into account and not just sort of put the blame on one person. Right. It takes us, this is how our styles are. And maybe we're not even that different, but one of us is probably more avoidant than the other. One of us is probably more anxious than the other. And this is just what it ten tends to come out as. And I think it takes the conversation away from why do they do that? Mm -hmm. Why is it that this always happens? Or I'll have individual clients, but a major part of their stress and concern is their relationships. And it's, you know, they'll bring in the stories of mm -hmm. this is what they did, you know, this two weeks ago or whatever. Would they always do this? And... Mm -hmm. 
I shouldn't have to put up with that. You know, kind of like they should see the world my way. They should mm -hmm. do it my way. And that's a hard thing to escape, right? When you're dealing with sure. relationship stuff. Sure. Uh, I mean, wise will elicit defensiveness every time. And I use my absolutes pretty carefully. <laughs> but if I use the word why, I am soliciting defensiveness. And so defensiveness really takes you away from collaborating or connecting. Defensiveness is drawing lines. And there's a right and a wrong in a battlefield. And if we can just get out of the asking of why and more considering help me understand, help me understand what, what it is about this situation that upsets you. But help me understand how that goes for you instead of this space of demanding an answer or a response it really puts you in a defensive space yeah. that will not be collaborative the other thing too that i get a, a kind of a i guess inquisitive look from people is i will tell them all these things everybody's doing on this board are all reactions from fear mm. like you think oh the anxious person is the only afraid one <laughs> like no <laughs> the avoidant person is afraid too sure it's just coming out in a different way Sure. They just and don't know how to. Same. They don't know how to deal with it, so it's like, well, this is my way. I'm mm -hmm. going to stay logical and distant, and you know, whatever. And mm -hmm. that serves me until I deal with you, and you're the opposite of that. And we tend to just explode. Yeah. You know, well, it must be your fault. Yeah. You know, it's like you you must be the the one that is wrong here. And I think the attachment style brings out this idea that we're all afraid of something here mm -hmm. and let's try to figure out what the other person's really afraid of mm -hmm. too. What do they need? That's a great uh, thing. But I think it, it's helpful that it puts the emphasis on what do they need, what's going on with them, mm -hmm. how could I help that versus just stand there and point and say, why do they do that? Mm -hmm. What's wrong with them? How come they always do this reaction? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so having I've an understanding can really help the flexibility of there are other options than doing it the same way and yeah. butting our heads against the same, same patterns. Well, both, I think even the anxious person feels like what they're doing is totally logical. Yeah. And the other person is illogical, even though the avoidant person is claiming they, they own the high ground of logic. Yeah. They both think their their way is logical and the other is illogical and therefore this is unsolvable yeah. other than going to war or yeah. overwhelming the other person with doing it your way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm over... Yeah. Yep. All those things. All those things. I honestly don't think even anxious attachment um, style people can sustain that. They end up... If they don't get those met, they uh, tend to, sometimes I have seen clients become avoidant. Like, well, I don't get a med anyway, so I'm just going to avoid that. And then they both. Attachment styles can be movable. They can be, or pliable, maybe is the wrong yeah. word. Like, we have a pattern long enough, then we just start to be frustrated about it. Um, and kind of change the way we do something. But I will say they can change for the positive too. You can move from a when the needs are met, moving from an anxious attachment to a more secure attachment, which I believe is the good news of attachment theory is when John Bowlby originally created 
the attachment theory, he, at least the research, maybe in, maybe if you asked him personally, he wouldn't say that, but what was written was that it was not a changeable thing. This is what happened when you were young and that's how you would move throughout your life. You were either securely attached because of the way your caregiver was or insecurely or avoidant, anxious, um, that stayed. And Sue Johnson is really the one who said that is movable. I can show that it's changeable when someone feels securely attached to someone, that that is a behavior that can be modified. Yeah, I think so. And maybe your, it your internal reaction may still be the same, but you can very quickly realize that that's not going to be helpful. If I sure. follow those instincts, which are typically my attachment setting, that that's not going to get me what I want. So I can learn to modify how I react. Sure. I guess. You get to that space of, of reflection and understanding. Oh, when I feel anxious or insecure about something, those natural, I naturally want to come after for an answer. Oh, Mm, and kind of reflect on that. And is that my relationship? Is that how, is that the behavior that I have seen from him and, or her? And you can kind of go back to that secure place, right? Yeah. But it does take a lot of reflection and it does take a lot of paying attention. And I think, like you said, the good news is people can move and we can see where we're moving towards. Mm -hmm. We can see what I'm working on. What do they need? What are they working on? And we can, I think we have a much clearer plan, I guess, of why we typically have conflict and what we're going to try to do in the future to mm -hmm. fix it. Yeah. I think it makes for much more productive conversations. And I, I listen to you and I, I think you get to a solution model of like how therefore what what is going to help and this is one way of getting to that space of like okay well now we know so how do we take it with us how do we put it in into daily practice and yeah yeah i think attachment style is critical yeah it gives the person something to do in the moment i guess that gives them a little bit of a, a help to say well i'm in this situation what could i do to mm -hmm. make this better and that yeah. takes time that's we've talked about this a lot of these things you can have the aha the mm -hmm. understanding but you're still going to have to go through the growing pains of did i do it yeah did i do it right put did it, it did practice. it work put it into practice <laughs> and and definitely do not try to put it into practice when you are in the moment and flooded <laughs> that's what natural defenses come up for yeah you don't practice in the moment. Well, excellent. So hopefully this show is something that people can listen to if they're talked to or in couples therapy and they have discussions about attachment style. It's, it can be a little bit confusing, but I think it's pretty straightforward once it's drawn out and you kind of understand where you are on there. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. I think it's just not that complicated. Yeah. Honestly. I like the quadrants. I think it ends up being a visual clean space for people to see. And I like that you use a questionnaire. I think that's awesome. Yeah. No, it's fine. It takes like 10 minutes and we can draw it out. But like I said, most people, if you explain what they are, they'll kind of go, ah, I think I'm that. Yeah. And they're yeah. pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> right. So great. Love it. Uh, attachment theory. Um, like I said, on, on the show notes, I will put the link to the test that I use. It's it's free. There's no, it's not complicated. Awesome. And, and like I said, people generally, when they hear it, I think can put themselves pretty accurately. Uh, where they are. And I think it's a great discussion for couples to have at home. I, I think it's one of the cool things you can actually sit down and go, you're there, I'm here. How does this cause a problem? Mm -hmm. 
do it today. <laughs> right. All right. Well, that was fun. I guess going forward, there may be some slight changes to the show. Not sure yet, but um, we'll we'll see how that how that goes on. Our mission is to spread the word that counselors can help. We want to teach you how to get started and get the most out of therapy. We encourage you to reach out to a professional in your area to help yourself through a loved one. Thank you to Kelsey Fink, our production assistant and chief of technology and social media. Thanks to Aspire Counseling at AspireUT.com for their support. If you want to know more about how counselors can help, go to counselorscanhelp.com. We have lots of resources, information, and we update it all the time. We'll see you next time on Counselors Can Help, a production of Merge Publishing.